My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative as it relates to their perspective. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts, regardless of age, status, or industry. We intend to transparently investigate the evolving global dialogue regarding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. By hosting these stories and conversations, we aim to contribute to the changing platform and representation of these individuals for the future. If you are enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out our subsequent series called Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen, where we talk with a panel of guests regarding key topics that arise in these individual interviews. You can subscribe to all of our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, as well as our website, patriciacathleen.com. You can also contact me directly via this website or through my media website, wild.agency. That's W-I-L-D-E dot agency. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. This is your host, Patricia, and today I am sitting down with Christabel. She is the founder of Chris Media. Welcome, Christabel. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I can't wait to kind of climb through Chris Media. I know that you have so much information that's really going to help. A lot of people in our audience have mm-hmm. written in, speaking a lot to things that you are an expertise on in regards to um, a lot of your Facebook knowledge and other platforms. But before we get to unpacking your story, I first want to go over today's roadmap for everyone listening. The points of this podcast will hit is first we'll look at Christabel's academic background and early professional life, and then we'll turn to unpacking Christabel's current company um, and the current other endeavors that she has going on. Then we'll look at goals that Christabel has for um, expansion, scaling, brand, all of those things over the next few years. And then we'll wrap everything up with advice that Christabel may have for those of you looking to get involved with um, the endeavors therein and everything that Chris Media does. So first, um, let me read a bio before we get into asking Christabel a bunch of questions. Christabel is the founder of Chris Media a messenger marketing agency for high ticket service providers. She helps her clients increase conversion by scaling engagement with messenger marketing. She has spoken at conferences such as Social Media Day Houston 2019 and has been featured in Thinkific Buffer, Thinkific Buffer, Meet Edger, Meet Edgar, and numerous other podcasts. I'm gonna have you clarify those for me, Christabel, once I'm done reading this. Besides running Chris Media, Christabel is also the host of the Hack Your Online Business podcast, where she interviews successful online business owners twice a week. She also runs a mastermind for online business owners who are looking to connect with a group of like-minded online business owners and entrepreneurs who will push them to reach their goals. So that's a a really exciting um, trajectory that your business is on. Christabel, and I really like, um, you've sent over some notes that I've read over, and I'm super excited to kind of climb into some of the core values and constituents of your company. But before we get into all of that, I was hoping you could kind of draw a general picture of your academic background and early professional life for everyone listening. Sure. So for, for those of you who don't know, and you cannot tell by my accent, I'm not actually from the US. I'm originally from Singapore, and I, that's where I grew up. And I I finally left home about a couple of years ago to, you know, travel the world. And right now I'm in Mexico City. But um, so 
I've just to kind of clarify, I've never actually been to college before. So you're asking about academics. Um, I was accepted into the University of Oregon. I got a scholarship and everything, but I was 20 years old and I was like, do I really want to go to college in the U.S.? put down 200,000. I mean, the scholarship was going to cover the first year, right? Right. But it was a lot of money for my single mom. And um, at that point, I was thinking to myself, do I really want to go to a four-year college in the U.S., far away from home, and put on this financial burden for my mom? And so I actually declined the, declined the scholarship, and I moved to Thailand. And I lived in Thailand for a year. And after Thailand, mm-hmm. I was like, do I really want to go to college, you know, in any country at all. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So what I did was after, after Thailand, I, I, I moved back home because I ran out of cash. I was 21 years old. And I actually took up an internship at the largest ad agency back, back home, mm-hmm. um, DDB Singapore, for those of you who know about DDB. They are like some huge company. They're based everywhere in New York City as well. Um, I spent a couple of years there and finally I left advertising after a decade long work in advertising and to start my own business because I always felt in me that I wanted to start my own stuff. And I really wasn't happy working advertising, you know, the long hours and, and doing things like TV ads, radio ads, um, you know, paid ads. It really wasn't my thing working for brands like Unilever and, and Procter and Gamble. So I left to start my own stuff. And that first the business actually failed, but because I very proudly announced my re- resignation, I will never come back again. I could not go back to the ad agency. <laughs> so I had no choice to start my second business yeah. that failed as well. Um, that kind of led me to eventually moving out of Singapore and moving to, you know, Mexico City, which is actually cheaper. And I wanted to learn Spanish and everything else. And so I started living abroad. And it was during this time that I actually started Chris Media because I started off as a social, uh, social media marketer, just trying to get as much project going on. Um, that led me to eventually finding my path and just kind of niching down to messenger marketing um, and then eventually starting Chris Media and just Thank God this is not failing because <laughs> I cannot deal with a third failure. But <laughs> it's, it's pretty much been- <laughs> though, you're seasoned, right? This is the war history of an entrepreneur. This is what they all talk about, you know. Um, exactly. <laughs> so when was when was Chris Media launched? I think this was about, I would say about two years ago, two years, 2017, 2017, 2018. That was when I kind of officially started Chris Media. Before that, it was just kind of me doing freelancing work and trying to survive while, you know, giving me enough money to survive while on the road and hopefully trying to just build something up. And then I decided that I need to kind of incorporate this into a real business so that people can take me seriously as well. And to give me the opportunities that I was trying to get in my life, such as speaking opportunities, going on stages and and in the conferences and so on and so forth. And so that's kind of what I did. I started a a business. I incorporated my business in Singapore um, that just kind of solidify everything else. And yeah, just kind of been two 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 and a half years, I would say. Yeah, I find a lot of founders who are, you know, they get a lot, um, who have their feet getting wet, their experience in this consultancy game and moonlighting, any of those things, apprenticeship in any format. Um, They do tend to hit that maturation point that you're talking about, where they feel like for leverage sake alone and speaking with clients, communication sakes, things of that nature, they do tend to become um, incorporated or move their consultancy moonlighting gig into an actual stabilized business. And I, you would think that there isn't a lot that changes with that, but the the people that I've spoken to, the women and the female identified non-binary individuals that I've spoken to over the past couple of years say it's actually quite a monumental change. While, you know, a very little on paper changes, something shifts in their head or with um, the universe in front of them, but everything starts to take on a very different tone and it tends to increase their trajectory. Do you find the same was true for you? Exactly that. It happened exactly that. So what happened was the moment you, you kind of just 
incorporate your business, you become a real business, so to speak, real business. There's a shift in mindset, right? Now you're, this is not a hobby. This is not like a side project that, that you know, you just kind of bring in some money. This is a real business that you're trying to grow. And at the same time, people take you more seriously as well. So this year's goal was to kind of work with more corporate clients. And when you work with corporate clients, they can't hire you. Most companies cannot hire you, especially if they're really big companies. They cannot hire you if you don't have the right taxes, you don't have the right, you know, tax numbers and all that stuff that comes in only when you incorporate your business, right? So if you're a freelancer, it's really, really hard to go after the big guys, you know, try to get those big, big contracts going on. So that was one, you know, the shift in mindset, like, oh, this is no longer like this fun little thing that I do on the site, social media marketing. This is a business. I've got to submit taxes every single year. I've got to like make sure, do my, my profit and loss. You know, I hate it, but I got to do it, right? So I've got to do it, right? Versus just like, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to declare anything at all because like the government doesn't know. I'm a freelancer. It's, it's yeah. totally different right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So were you the only person or did you bring on another founder when you did Christian Media? Um, you know what? When I, this company, um, it's just me. The first business I started, I brought in a, a co-founder, which is so funny. I've actually never met him in person, but we found each other online. Not, not a dating site, um, obviously, <laughs> if you actually know how I look right now. But um, I actually found him on a job match kind of, job, jobatico, I think it was what it's called. Basically, I posted, I was looking for a co-founder and he's from Bulgaria, living in Spain. And so he was like, oh, I am a technical co-founder. I would love to partner up. And at the time I was creating apps for that allowed you to find like fitness studios around the world. And so we kind of partnered up. Um, that was the only time I actually had a co-founder. And with that, it was really interesting. And it just kind of gave me the idea that I never want to have a co-founder again, not because he was a bad co-founder, but it's because of who I am as a person. I really like, you know, just making the decisions and when I have decision A, execute it. I don't want to sit around and then play around with what ifs and, you know, oh, could this be better? No, I'm, I'm pretty much like, okay, this is the idea. Let's, this is the thing. Let's just do it. And so with a co-founder, it was just really more difficult because he would, he would have been like, yeah, but what if? And I'm like, oh, but what if we don't do it? <laughs> Wouldn't that be like worse? <laughs> yeah. So, right? So yeah, it was just really kind of confusing for me at that time as well. So when, when that business closed down, I decided no more co-founders for me just me. And if I want to get like virtual assistants or, you know, someone on my team, that's what I want. I don't want a co-founder. Yeah. VAs are big right now. There are a lot of people pushing towards them. And I don't know if I'm just old and ancient, but I find myself, it's really difficult. And I will say that like over 75% of my employees work virtually. So maybe I do have VAs, but when I interpret VAs, I really picture someone um, doing, you know, kind of lower level, not management material stuff and coming from different areas. And people talk about, you know, social media management or certain things being handled, email directories, things like that being handled by VAs. But I find the transition into even perceiving of one to be really difficult. Have you ever employed one to great success? You know what? I've, I've, hi I've hired um, VAs to help me do things that I really just don't want to do. Things like transcribing. I really don't want to be spending one hour or two hours of my day, something that, that's like, this is what they say, right? You don't want to be doing something that's like a $10 per hour job. If, if that's not your zone of genius, you don't want to be doing it. So transcribing is not my zone of genius. That is absolutely not my zone of genius. Um, things like trying to fix the website. I'm really not that good with tech um, websites and all that stuff. So I outsource those kind of stuff. Um, you know, things like even this year, I'm trying to 
push out jobs for my podcast because I don't want to be editing too much stuff as well. Like yeah. it used to be like once a week and now I'm doing twice a week. So that's kind of like additional jobs and then like design work as well. So I have a design background, so that's, that's not too bad. Um, but there's like all these little things that I don't really want to do. And the best part of it is you've got all these sites like upwork.com and um, onlinejobsph.com where you just kind of find, you know, freelancers off in Philippines and they charge like five bucks an hour, four bucks an hour. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like how can you not jump on that, right? Someone yeah. just to clear out your day. Uh, I, there's a lot of um, nuances when it comes to hiring people from certain countries, like from the Philippines or or, you know, Ukraine, I've had people from the Ukraine as well, or India, it's always more challenging when you're working with someone from a different, you know, kind of culture. So it's always kind of like, oh, did I explain it, you know, well enough for you to understand yeah. what I'm trying to say? Sure. Hopefully you did. Yeah. So yeah, those, those so far has been pretty okay. I've, I've been pretty good with, with the people that I've hired so far. Yeah. And I like being pushed like that myself in my own business. You know, I'm all about communication, obviously. And I like being pushed even further in that, you know, when you have to really reach to clarity because you're dealing with a language or a cultural barrier, I think it increases um, communication and sensitivity and everything that we can all do well at keeping at the forefront of our mind. So let's get into Chris Tan. I want you to kind of draw us a picture so everyone listening who doesn't know anything about it, unpack it for us, tell us like what it is that you do, what you specialize in, what kind of audiences or um, clients are best suited for you, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I run Chris Media. We are a messenger marketing agency and we work with a lot of high ticket service providers like business coaches, life coaches, a lot of coaches, in, in fact, um, consultants, online business owners, a lot of service providers. That's who we work with. So what we do is really just to help them increase conversions and get more leads by kind of scaling conversations that they have with their audience using messenger marketing. So using messenger bots. Um, that's kind of who we serve. That's kind of what we do. And it's very interesting because a lot of this is actually a, a pretty new marketing channel. For, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's a pretty new marketing channel. And what it really is, it's, it's you marketing and conversing with your audience inside of a messaging app like Facebook Messenger, for example. And so what we really do is we help our clients just to kind of build that know, like, and trust factor with their, with their audience and just kind of create this very intimate relationship and intimate conversations with their audience that normally with social media marketing or email marketing or paid ads, you can't really have intimate conversations with your audience, especially at scale, maybe one-on-one. -on -one, yeah. Like, you know, in DMs and all that stuff, but at scale, you can't do that. So this is pretty much the only marketing channel that allows businesses right now to just kind of scale up conversations with your audience. And then that of course leads to conversions. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And that's what my business does. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And it sounds like it would be applicable for a lot of industries, not just, you know, I, I, my mind is kind of spanning all different industries and it sounds applicable for almost everyone I can think of. Yeah, I would say definitely, yeah. So a lot of people have this misconception that it's only meant for those who are, you know, it's only meant for answering questions on Facebook, but it's so much more than that because you can actually use this messenger bot, you know, anywhere and you can use it to you know generate leads so you can use it to give away free pdfs free audios free videos free lead, your, your lead magnets basically inside of the chatbot itself you can use it to take appointments you can use it to answer you know commonly asked questions you can use it to run surveys contests uh, so many things right restaurants can use it lawyers can use it um, coaches obviously can use it consultants i use it <laughs> yeah. um uh, you know, your guest, Mary Fane Brand, she's a LinkedIn um, trainer. She uses it. I built a bot. So yeah, so it's, it's, it's just a wide variety of industries. 
And I think the best part about it is your competitors are probably not using it right now. So it's like, it's an even better chance for you to just jump on it right now before, you know, your whole industry does. Yeah. And I think, so it's on Facebook. Have you ever thought about a conversion model that could go across other to other platforms? It feels like there would be something similar that would be available or that you could design for Instagram or just any other, you know, when you have these, do you talk about DMS and things like that, but you have these moments of quick conversation and it feels like a bot could be written for those. Is that possible at all? Yeah, so at this moment, we are actually waiting for Facebook to open up the API for Instagram and WhatsApp. I would love it. Like a lot of my clients, they are really active on, on Instagram, like myself as well. So I would absolutely love a bot that, that's just like uniquely for Instagram. But here's the thing. When you create a bot for a messenger, uh, Facebook Messenger, you can actually convert it into a link and you can put that link anywhere. So what I do is I actually put that link in my Instagram bio so that if you click on it, it triggers the Messenger, Facebook Messenger which 1.3 billion people are using Facebook Messenger. So I have no worries at all that my target audience isn't using it because I'm pretty sure, you know, my high ticket service providers are using Facebook, um, you know, at that age group and they are using this marketing channel. Yeah. Absolutely. So looking at what you've done thus far, you're pretty fresh in the water, you know, a couple of years in, have you set up any goals or any like three to five year business goals in, in dealing with um, Christian media or other efforts that you keep see kind of growing out of it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for Chris media to continue growing like this year alone, we're trying to hit the six figure mark. So what I've been trying to do is I've been working, working with a business coach, um, Gemma went, she's one of the top UK business coaches. And I've been working with her since the beginning of this year, just to kind of make sure that we've got all our, our, our numbers right and all our marketing strategies good, you know. So this year's goal really is just to hit the first six figure, which is going to be really great because as we all know, you know, businesses are really tough. And my partner, she, she runs her own business as well, and she's new to it. And so it's so funny when you actually kind of just hang out with people who are new to businesses and you're like, oh my God, it's been a year and it's still, I'm still really, it's so difficult. And why, why isn't it like five figures or six figures or seven figures by now? I'm like, calm down. Like I've been doing this for like, this is like, I would say three, four, four-ish years now, if you add up all of those years <laughs> together, you know, I've been trying to do this and I'm, it's still hard. It's really hard to go out there and, and, you know, try to get clients and then you got to do all that marketing stuff and, uh, and everything. Right. And so I'm like, yeah. that, one, that one year, two years, that's nothing. That's like baby steps, man. Like I think two years in, if you are finally making a profit, that's like amazing for you. So I think this year I'm trying to just hit that, that number, that goal. But more than that, I think besides that, that physical number, that, that money, what I'm trying to do is just to become more, to come become more present, you know, in the marketing space to get myself out there a little bit more, especially with regards to this marketing topic. I feel like a lot of people are still so unaware of it. So it's, it's been a great opportunity for me to kind of like, Hey guys, you've not like, you don't even know what messenger marketing is. Let me, let me talk about it. So that's what I've been trying to do this year. Just kind of like spread the word a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds exciting. And hitting six figures is going to be um, a good a good ride too, I imagine. Um, so I'm wondering if you ran into someone tomorrow, you're in Mexico City right now, as you mentioned. Um, and if you were in a park in that beautiful and vibrant city um, or at a lovely cafe, they're known for their culinary delights. Um, and you ran into a young woman or a female identified or a non-binary individual and they came up to you and they said, listen, um, I've been doing a bunch of things. I was living home in, you know, in Southeast Asia and I did a bunch of things. I was living, then I moved away, then I came back. Now I'm going to go off on my own 
I think I'm going to get into, you know, these kind of universe and offshoots that you can handle with social media marketing. And I'm going to start up my own consultancy gig. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give that individual knowing what you know now? I think the first advice I would give, I would give is to niche down. Like you got to have a niche, whether that's a niche product or a niche audience, it doesn't matter. You just got to kind of figure out who are you talking to? Because I kind of find with a lot of business owners that I've spoken to, they sell products or services that are just meant for everyone or they are meant for everyone. And it's kind of hard when you have to market to everyone, right? You cannot have, you cannot possibly be speaking to everyone at the same time. So what I would say is figure out exactly who do you want to serve or what your product or who your product want to, who want, should be serving, right? So say, for example, I serve a lot of coaches, which makes it so much e easier if I were to go out and, and pitch to a coach. I'll be like, I've literally worked with all, all, pretty much only coaches. You, you are basically safe in my hands, right? So figure out you know, who you want to niche down to. And then the second thing I would say is you got to be really present with your marketing. You got you to gotta be creating content. You got to build a no like and trust factor. People cannot find cannot find you, cannot know about you. They cannot like you. They cannot trust you if they cannot, if you're not producing stuff, if you're not contributing stuff. A lot of people are afraid to share their knowledge because they're like, oh, if I give away everything, then why would I even need me, right? And I found that it's absolutely the opposite because yeah. I'm on, like, I have my own podcast. I have my YouTube channel. I am on social media. I go on people's podcasts and live streams and all that stuff. And every time I give away stuff, people are like, oh, she knows her stuff. Like, I want to reach out to her, whether that's to become my client or to connect with me or to network with me, it doesn't matter. But it is so important that you must be out there creating stuff. And if you're just starting out and you don't really know where to, where to create stuff, like what content do I create? Like, where do I create my content? Easy. Just kind of figure out where your, your target audience are hanging out. So say, for example, you know, you are B2B, right? And, and you're trying to reach, you know, companies or marketers in big companies, well, go on to LinkedIn, start creating content for LinkedIn, create content about your industry, your topic, right? So figure out what are the most commonly asked questions, right? So, you know, what is LinkedIn marketing? How can I use LinkedIn market? Or if it's video marketing, whatever. So just kind of figure out and start creating content on a regular basis. It's going to take some time because content marketing does take some time to finally build up that momentum, but you'll want to definitely just kind of be constantly out there creating content to build your name. And I think the last thing the last advice I'll give to you is look for partnerships. So partnerships are great. Partnership marketing, what that is, is basically you partnering up with another company that creates complementing services or products um, as yours. So it's a great way to get in front of their target audience because they serve the same audience as you are and they have been doing it for a while now and they have been putting all that time and money and effort to try to reach this audience, the same audience that you're trying to reach. So go out there and look for partnering, you know, with companies that you can partner up with, uh, partner up with, and then see if you can offer like something that complements them and say, Hey, can we jump into a partnership whereby if you were to promote my stuff or my service to your audience, I will give you a referral, you know, percentage of, of whatever I get or white label partnerships. That's what you can also offer. Um, but yeah, the best way to, to go about you know, for a new business is to like quickly find networking opportunities, see who, who you can partner up with. If, you know, for example, if you are a nutritionist, can you partner up with a gym that doesn't already offer a nutrition plan or nutri nutrition program, right? So instantly they have the right target audience for you. All you need to do is to approach them, build up some kind of partnerships, and then you're, you're set. Absolutely. Those are great pieces of advice. Okay. So I have get your niche down, narrow in 
um, to aid with your focus as well as your drive and your, um, your clients as well as your community. Number two, be present with market um, and, and be present um, with marketing and be known and with the trust factors. So don't be stingy with your knowledge, which I agree with wholeheartedly and I completely agree. I think anyone who's holding knowledge hostage is draconian and outdated. We're not like that anymore. It's all about free knowledge and sharing and whoever is the best will rise to the surface of that. I agree completely. And number three, look for partnerships, which is awesome because in the past two years, no one has ever said that. And I have to say that a lot of these pieces of advice are always good and they all kind of ring into the same tune together, which is good. That's what you want. You want continuity and people's advice. But this partnership thing is so key. You know, people always say, look for mentors, do this, do that. And I think particularly women or female identified non-binary individuals, they do tend to want to take on mentors and that kind of a thing. But partnership is so crucial and it's different from mentorship. And I love that. I love that you brought that up and it's the first time. Um, and I know because this is my show and I pay attention. So thank you so much for that. Those are such genius pieces of advice. And um, we are out of time today, Christabel, but I'm going to circle back around. Um, I usually say I'm going to circle back around in, in um, a year, but I'm going to try and find you after I'm done filming my documentary in six months and find out what you're up to because this is too exciting. You've got a lot of moving parts and we didn't hit like <laughs> half of the things I wanted to talk to you about with you. So I will, I'm a persistent, persistent woman and I will find you and I will convince you to speak with us again. But for today, I just wanted to say, Thank you for so much for giving us your wisdom and your time. I absolutely appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And definitely, I would love to come on your show again and just to continue the conversation. Absolutely. And for everyone listening, we're going to put a link for you to um, contact Christabel and talk to her more about Chris Media and all of the work and maybe get in touch with her. If anyone's curious about learning more from her, employing her, um, all of her services. We will put a link in any way that you're finding this podcast and across all of our social media. And if you need to, um, you can contact us and we will put you directly in touch with Christabel as well. Thank you for your time today. And um, until we speak again next time, remember to always bet on yourself. Sunshine.